Hey, it's Timmy Whispers from Stacey King's Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure you can take on any adventure. I'm planning on going river rafting this weekend, and I'm ready to head out on the trails with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Oh my goodness, it's only preseason, but I'm hyped in Chicago Bulls number one in the Eastern Conference. It is time for episode 60 of Give Me the Hot Sauce. It's a new year, but the same great show, only we have uh, upped the ante in terms of our guests. Coming up on episode 60, we are going to be joined by the king of the fourth, the number one scorer in the NBA in fourth quarter, DeMar DeRozan, will be our special guest. We can't wait to bring him in. Stacy is alongside our buddy Timmy Whispers. If you're watching on YouTube, you don't see that box of him with a puzzled look on his face. <laughs> he, he's away on business. This is these whispers, days. Whispers, whispers. <laughs> Careless whispers, as yeah, Jason Benetti called Yeah, him. well, he's, he's out in Arizona, and he's out there working on his tan. He's going to come back looking like Larry the Lobster. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's not going to be out here today, but he's got, you know, Tim's out there doing business, trying to make some money, trying to get the bag. Yeah. And uh, he'll be back next week. Speaking of business, we want to welcome a brand new sponsor to Give Me the Hot Sauce, our good buddy Howard Ankin. If you watched Bulls games or any Chicago sports team on NBC Sports Chicago or on WGN back in the day, you've seen Howard Ankin. And you've appeared alongside Howard with this spots. Yeah, yeah, I did a, I did a commercial with Howard. Um, so it was a lot of fun. Really, really good guy. I really enjoyed doing that. Yeah, he's excited to be on part. He knows that this is a growing franchise and, and you want to be on time. This is the fastest growing podcast in America. Well, right? it's, it's, it's kind of like it's kind of like the Bulls right now. You know, this is the time you want to buy season tickets while they're starting their sin back to right. the top. So it's the same thing with the podcast. You know, we're your favorite podcasters podcast. So, <laughs> and we're steadily growing. I mean, I, I'm biased a little bit, but I believe we got one of the best podcast out there. And Stacy, if you want, after you get done with our podcast, you can check him out on Zach Lowe's podcast. You're doing yes, double duty this yes, week. Yes, I just got done shooting Zach Lowe's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, podcast. Um, it was a lot of fun. We were talking bulls, you know, all bulls, and, and giving my opinion and my take. Yeah, uh, Zach's one of the best in the business. He He's sure appeared is. on our show. Yeah, you know, so uh, we're definitely going to have him back at some point mm-hmm. uh, as the season gets along. But you know, a lot. It's a lot of fun talking to guys who now, you know, I mean, he admitted in his podcast that, you know, he picked the Bulls to be the six and eight. You know, he thought they'd be really good offensively, but he was concerned about the defense, which he had the right to be because the numbers don't lie individually with the players that the Bulls have. But Mm -hmm. he came out and said, hey, that was a mistake. You know, they are a very good basketball team, and, you know, they've got a shot to go deep in the playoffs. So it was good to see a guy of that stature who gives takes his hot takes on on right. teams 
admit that, hey, I was wrong. Some of these guys out now, like, you know, who said the Bulls wouldn't make the playoffs, the Bulls would be the 12th seed, they'd be playing for a playing yeah, game. Yeah, they're hiding in the bushes yeah, like Homer yeah. Simpson. Well, yeah, like Homer Simpson. <laughs> but but there are some of those guys now who are coming out saying, oh, I knew the Bulls were going to be good. Right. And, uh, you know, I have not, you know, I knew they were going to be a top three team. I'm not going to say any names. Their right. voice is very familiar. They know who they are, yeah. Yeah, you know who they are. <laughs> and if you follow me on Twitter, you can see the you can see where I put the link for when, what one of those guys said. Yeah. So, America, it's time to jump on the bandwagon. Well, we told you about our good buddy Howard Ankin, and uh, you know what he does. And chances are, if you live anywhere in Chicagoland, you've seen Howard. You might have seen him on a bus, a train, billboard, or TV commercial with a famous Chicago athlete like our good guy Stacey King alongside. Howard is everywhere. If you've been injured at work, in a car, truck, or rideshare accident, call Howard. He's a third-generation attorney from Chicago. His number, an easy one to remember, 312 million. That's our guy, oh, wow. Howard Ankin, 312-6 million. Six million. That's like his bank account. Oh, that's what he's going to try to, that's what he's going to get you if they win. Absolutely. You know, you know I, yeah. I was walking into the Sriracha Studios today and I slipped and I said, man, if I'd have, if I'd have failed, I might have Howard, call, a, Howard call. a call, but then I thought about it, I'd be suing myself. Oh, cancel that one, baby. Cancel it. <laughs> no, no, we're not going to sue, we're not going to sue the Sriracha, Sriracha Studios. We can't do it. Yeah, we could put together a montage of all the famous athletes that Howard has been with over the years. I mean, we've seen them alongside Cubs, White Sox, Blackhawks, Bears, Bulls, you know, he's done it all. Yeah, again, I mean, his commercials, uh, you know, bring athletes to the forefront. And um, again, you know, just a really good guy. I mean, I've done a couple things with Howard. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, the commercials are fun, real lighthearted, yeah. nothing too serious. And uh, But he gets his point across of what he's doing. You know, just like, you know, as the sports guy, what we do and how we do our business, you know, his commercials always show what he does and how he can help you and, and, you know, help you in a time of need. Yes. So if you've been injured, please give Howard a call. 312-6000. Bulls keep rolling along. They'll go for nine in a row against the Washington Wizards on Friday. And guys have been in and out of the lineup. You see two guys come out of protocols, another couple go in, or we've had guys that have had traditional basketball injuries. It's been amazing they've been able to overcome all these things and be the top team in the East right now. Well, Mark, you go back and you and you look at they're the number one team that's had the most players miss this season as far as the NBA protocol is concerned, and they haven't missed a beat. And, you know, some of their stats have changed since all these guys have been in and out of the lineup because before COVID hit this team, you know, they were a top, you know, five, four team defensively. And, you know, having different guys in your lineup, guys coming up from D-League and guys coming up signing phrases who are, you know, weren't, weren't playing at all, just sitting at home, of course, numbers are going to dip a little bit. You know, now they're like a top 11 team. Uh, but once they get their regular roster, as you can see, they're starting to get healthy again. Um, you know, they, you can see the defense amp up. You know, you're starting to see them get back to what they're doing. You need Lonzo Ball back. You need Alex Caruso back. Those two guys are huge in what the Bulls want to do defensively um, with the way they're on ball defense, their active hands, you know, in the passing lane, getting steals. You definitely need those two guys back um, as the season gets into the second half. We talked last week about your battle with COVID, and we've seen it really going through the entire league. Guys constantly going on protocols. Alex Caruso, the latest Bulls player to enter the protocols. And right now, the only guys who haven't, tested positive Patrick Williams and Tyler Cook from their 17-man roster and I guess if there's only one you know bright side of that is they should be in good shape for the rest of the season now once we finally get out of this you know they're going to build up those antibodies and hopefully they won't have any more outbreaks as we head into the stretch run and the playoffs 
Yeah, I mean that's that's the that's the only really one of the silver linings, and then that they're not as sick as like I was. Oh yeah, you know yeah. that's another thing. These guys, you know, some most of these guys are not even showing symptoms. You know, they go into protocol because of the testing, and they come back and you know, but they they could actually go back out and play. And you see now the NBA is is shortening shortening the the protocol days right. that you're six in. Six days, yeah, it's six days instead of ten. And most of these guys on every team has had no symptoms, so they've been the asymptomatic type of person you know who don't show any symptoms and you know at the end of the day i mean you know look at society you know i mean everyone's getting this you know uh unvaccinated vaccinated people uh the difference is is that you know you know hopefully if you're vaccinated like i was you know you get sick but it doesn't kill you you right. know, and, and I, I was very lucky and I tell people all the time, though, it's a personal choice. You know, you do what's best for you and your family. But I would suggest and, you know, and I was reading something today where, you know, people are taught, you know, it's, you know, the problem with most of these people is that they don't like the government being mandating this. That's the big problem with people who don't want to take the shot is that they don't want to be told by the government what to do. But my question is, what's the difference between your doctor telling you, hey, you need to go get this shot because this could save your life. This will protect your family. They're not the government, but then you would see people twist that around a little bit and say, well, the doctors are working with the government. So there's a no win situation either way. Right. Um, but the bottom line is, is that you, you need to get vaccinated. You definitely need to get vaccinated. It's been proven. The numbers don't lie. There's more people dying that is unvaccinated than the people that are vaccinated. So again, I'm not sitting here preaching, do this, do that, do that. I just know for myself and my family, we're all vaccinated. And if you'd have been as sick as I was for that, you know, two and a half almost three weeks you know you you would have a different perspective right. on on the vaccination and being unvaccinated or vaccinated the nba trade deadline coming up on february 10th and i saw our tourists uh, Karnishavis and mark eversley were at the windy city bulls game last night so they're they're scouring everywhere to make sure if they need a 10 gate 10 day guy maybe they can uh, tap a guy from the g league but an interesting move was made by the Milwaukee Bucks. They decided to let go of DeMarcus Cousins after he played pretty well for him. They wanted to have that roster flexibility. Could he be a potential fit as a backup big for the Bulls? Listen, I mean, you know, the Bulls are undersized. We know that. And this is a guy who was a former All-Star, you know, one of the best players in the league before injuries set in. Um, you know, if you're not just the Bulls, any playoff team, you know, if you're looking for a big that's serviceable that can come in and if your center gets into foul trouble or gets hurt, you can plug him in. And not only is he an inside scorer, but he can pick and pop. He can handle the ball. He can pass. I think the biggest question with Boogie Cousins is, is how much does he actually have left? But watching him in Milwaukee the couple times I saw him play, it looks like he has a lot left. I thought he really helped that team coming off the bench. I thought that, you know, you didn't see the antics that you once saw. And I think he's matured. I think he understands that, you know, the opportunities are starting to dry up based off of his personality in the past. I think he's a great teammate. I think he's a great guy. I just think he's misunderstood. And I think these last couple of stops that he's been at, you know, Houston and then here in Milwaukee, I think you've seen the best as far as personality of, you know, Boogie Cousins than what we saw, the guy getting the tech, technicals, the guy who was very volatile. 
but he never was a bad teammate. You never heard of all the stuff that went on in Sacramento. You never heard anyone say that this kid was a bad teammate. He, you know, cursed coaches out and didn't show up for practice. It was the little things like getting technicals that kind of overshadowed, you know, his ability. And that's what people recognize him as just blowing up, you know, getting technicals, get thrown out the game. But he, he's still, I, I still think he's a very, very good player. It'll be interesting to see what team jumps on DeMarcus Cousins because he did show that he was in game shape. He, he looks good. He looks trim. He's ready to play. He's definitely going to get picked up by another team. We'll see if the Bulls show interest. Our special guest today is going to be the King of the Fourth, DeMar DeRozan, standing by here on Give Me the Hot Sauce. But before we bring him, we want to tell you about another great sponsor of our show. That is Jeff Vukovic and Nationwide Insurance. When it comes to insurance for your auto, home, and business, contact the King of Insurance, Nationwide Agent Jeff Vukovic. You can find him at jeffvuk.com. That's jeffvuk.com. And Stacy, how are the Golden Pipes feeling today? You know all right? Much better. They're, right. they're improving, so... Nationwide is on your side. Oh, that was good. That's good. Yeah. You got you got hung up the other day. And hey, listen, Mark. You know what? See, listen. <laughs> no one needs Yoko Ono right now. This is what broke up the Beatles right here. Dude. You know that one person in the background when there's harmony and everybody's doing great. Right. You know right. we're trying to move on from that. Okay. okay. All right. You know the Golden Pipes last game. You know they they, they kind of against Orlando. I wasn't ready. You're still and, in recovery and I was mode, still yeah. in recovery. At the end, I kind of sound like Aaron Neville. <laughs> <laughs> I try, I angels of the night. <laughs> I was like, nationwide is on your side. <laughs> So I had a little Aaron Neville going, and uh, I apologize to, to Bulls Nation. It will be better. Well, contact our guy Jeff Vukovic for all <laughs> your insurance needs at jeffvuk.com. The Marvelous DeRozan standing by in the Sriracha waiting room. He's next on episode 60 of Gimme the Hot Sauce. We are back, episode 60 of Gimme the Hot Sauce. It is our pleasure to welcome in the King of the Fourth, DeMar DeRozan, leading the NBA in fourth quarter scoring, has brought such a wonderful change in the culture here in the Bulls locker room. DeMar, thank you so much for joining us on the show. I imagine this whole Chicago experience has been really cool for you. Everything's going so well. Man, it's been a blessing. Um, it's been, been everything I can imagine and more, honestly. When you were looking at free agency this past summer, you had a lot of people, a lot of teams wanting your service. What made you choose the Bulls? Um, one, uh, one, I was always a fan of Zach. Um, and I always wondered, you know, and I always wondered why he was never in the spotlight, you know, as he as he should have been. Um, one that that pairing up with him was was one thing, but I think it it really all started with Vooch. Um, I remember we played San Antonio, we played in San Antonio, um, last year. And I remember talking to Vooch and Vooch came up to me every time we seen each other for years, <laughs> he, he always was making some type of reference about playing together. So he made a reference when in San Antonio, like, you know, you're a free agent this summer. Let's, let's figure this thing <laughs> out. I'm like, I'm like, all right, call me. You know what I mean? So it started there. Then obviously my relationship with Mark, um, kind of made it made it a lot easier um then you know I, I i know one of my big concerns was was a point guard and before as soon as i seen him make the move for for zoe it just it just all all came together and made sense you know it's like one thing after another after another and it just it just fit perfect 
Tell us about the chemistry on this group. It seems like you guys really genuinely like each other and you're having a lot of fun playing basketball. That winning breeds that, but sometimes guys don't click and it seems like this is a really special group. Yeah, it was it was that before before anything, honestly. Um, that's the crazy part. Like everything was genuinely from a genuine place. Like, you know, one, the respect was there um, as competitors from for one another. Um, and everything from there was just authentic like and before we even play anything on the court man our conversations through text on the phone everything just felt real so by the time <clears throat> excuse me by the time we stepped on the court it was like you know we had each other back you would think we we, we played with each other for years and you know you see it even in preseason when we went out there we kind of was overdoing it at some plays trying to you know <laughs> help out the next man and everything but that was just us you know and as soon as we just figured it out and got more comfortable with it we at where we at now but uh it's, it's it's credit to the guys on our team before even being a basketball player every guy on our team is 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 great men first and foremost so talk a little bit about what you knew about billy donovan before you came in and then what what has your perception now that you played for him? Because we all knew the perception that he's a player's coach, you know. Yeah. So what was your thought process coming in of did you know Billy before or you just knew him for as a coach, as a, as the opposition? And now what you know, what's your opinion of Billy now that you're here and you're playing for him? Um, I always knew he was a great coach. Um, I remember the teams he had he had there. Um that I remember when he first got his job in OKC and I was always, you know, me just being a fan of basketball, I always pay attention to the craziest stuff that go on in the league. And, you know, I was just like, all right, let me see how this college coach do, especially being with, you know, Katie and Russ, um, the job he did there. Um, and just being a fan and just started to pay attention to everything. And I remember having a conversation with Paul George and Paul George, um, just after he had left um, OKC and he was saying, um, playing for Billy, he had his career year. Remember, that was the year PG had one of his best years. Yep. He was like, man, and he raved how much he loved him. The same with Russ. Russ told me the same thing. This way before I even was even thought about going to play for the Bulls or anything. You know, I was just asking guys like, man, how how is that coach? And everybody always had the utmost respect and, and great thing, a great thing to say about him. So, you know, full circle, come back around. Um, I just knew the transition would be over uh, easy um, by the time, you know, I even got to sit and talk to him. Tomorrow, you came into the league as a young guy at a USC, and you had so many great years with the Raptors, went to the conference finals, had a great partnership there with Kyle Lowry and became, you know, one of the most popular players in, in that franchise's history. And then, you know, you got traded to San Antonio, and I think people kind of forgot about you. Did you did you get the sense that that people, you know, you were still an elite player in your prime, and people were thinking, well, whatever happened to Mar DeRozan? He kind of disappeared, and now you're back in Chicago. All of a sudden, people seem to be surprised when you've been doing it all along. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you look at it from you know everything that went on. Obviously, I was I was in a place um, in Toronto where I thought I was going to be forever. Um, how things transpired there, you know. Winning a championship without me there, yeah, you know, kind of like clouded so much stuff from from the normal person eye. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm pretty sure anybody that's in depth that just pays attention and understand, you know, um, basketball on a whole different level would definitely see and understand that. You know, I kind of, you know, evolved when I went to San Antonio. You know, um, but you know, from the naked eye, people look at it like, oh, he left. 
they won the championship, blah, blah, blah. Whatever narrative you could put around it, you know, it, it was easy to indulge in that instead of seeing what was going on in real time. So for me, it was it was a, it was an opportunity for me to be challenged as a basketball player, learn so much more underneath one of the greatest coaches of all time. And every moment I shared there was 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 one I would never forget because it put me in a place where I needed to evolve as a basketball player and Pop did everything and every little bit for me while I was there. And, you know, I got to give him so much credit for even putting me in a position that he he put me in to help me grow. Like, I, you know, I tell people all the time, <clears throat> you know, playing with MJ, you know, MJ seemed like he had a pulse for what anybody said about him. Like great players know what people are saying. If someone's talking bad about them, either their inner circle will tell them, give that message. And I felt like, you know, you're playing this season with a chip on your shoulder because of what everyone said. And I know, you know, deep down, you're like, you know, I got to do what I do. This is what I've been doing. But as a player, listening to people say, oh, it's the worst signing in the history, blah, 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 blah. That had to sting a little bit to now you're, now you're looking at it like, I can't believe y'all did, did not know this is who I was because, right. and I think, and, and it hit on your earlier point is when you left Toronto and you, you know, you could have said, Hey, I want to go play for a bigger market. I couldn't want to want to go Los Angeles. All the big stars who played in Toronto wanted to leave. You were the, just the opposite. You were willing to stay there for your whole career. You were, you know, on and off the court, you were big and to, to get traded right when you're at the cusp of winning it, I think people said, well, the reason why they didn't win was because DeMar. That wasn't the reason why they didn't win. You know, you, it's more than just one individual. So I know probably coming in, you know, this is this is a situation where you probably wanted to say, hey, let me show you who I really am. I'm on a team that was barely winning last year, and now I'm part of something special. Yeah, for sure. You know, and that's 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 what it come. And, you know, a lot of, lot, lot of that that have been going on over the years. For me, you have to have patience because, you know, you wanted to jump out there and, and be vocal about certain yep. stuff. But for me, it was just like, all right, I'm going to learn whatever I need to learn. I'm, I'm going to continue to work my ass off and evolve as a player and in due time, whenever the masses of people who feel like they're not seeing me, they'll get a chance to see me and understand, you know, what's been going on and how it, it never stopped, you know. And I think that's just what a position where where – I am now, you know, it's crazy. I don't think I never said this other than like my close circle, you know, after I got traded, you know, I, for for a long time, you, you, you fight, you go through so much to try to figure out why something happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, I think I'm at that point now. It's like, I got traded for this moment. You know what I mean? Like, and that's kind of how I look at it. Like you, you kind of got to climb to the mountaintop and get your hands stepped on and fall down and figure out how to get back up there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that it just showed me how to be more resilient and, and just keep pushing and keep fighting. And I think that's just where I'm at now. Well, speaking of the mountaintop, uh, the Bulls have already climbed to the top of the Eastern Conference, which is probably ahead of schedule in most people's eyes. Some people thought it might be a little bit of a, a growing curve as you guys develop team chemistry, but it's happened much quicker than anyone could have expected. We're hit close to the halfway point of the season now. How much better can this team get as we approach playoff time? <laughs> Man, so much better, you know, and that's the crazy thing because, you know, like I said, I'll I, I be lying to you to tell you that I felt we'd get it this quick, you know, and and where we at now dealing with, we we was one of the first team to get hit with COVID. Yeah. You know, we lose one of our, you know, young stars, Patrick Williams, 
early in the season. We have guys out hurt. Um, you know, we, we, we dealt with so much up and down um, health-wise, and we still at where we at now in this, and, you know, I just can't wait till we have all our guys to go out there, do what we know we could do, what we worked on, what we, you know, made the commitment to first day of training camp with all the guys. So for me, we, we got a long way to go, you know, um, for us these last couple of weeks, not having our two best defensive players, you know, and still be able to manage and pull, pull, pull these games out, you know, um, speaks volumes to the team that we are and, once we get those guys back, you know, we we, we, we got a lot more to prove. Now, it's, it's well documented, your relationship that you had with Kobe, um, Kobe Bryant, the late great Kobe Bryant. And I've always said from since I've seen you play, like you about the closest thing I've seen to what Kobe did on the court. Because, you know, back in the day, it's like, who's the next Michael? Always oh, got Michael's move. They were saying that about Kobe. And, and Kobe did emulate MJ. And it looks like in your game, you have some of Kobe in your game. I mean, even in the broadcast, I'll yell when you hit a fadeaway. I'll yell, Kobe, you know, because I know, I know deep down in your head, you might, you might be saying the same thing, Kobe. So I say it for you. So tell, tell us the impact that Kobe's had on, on your life and, and, and what it meant to you to have that relationship with the late, great Kobe. Um, I mean, before I even had a relationship with him personally, Kobe was, you know, my, my, my consistent imagination. You know, I'm, I mean, I was, I was young and, I'm old enough to remember Jordan, but I remember Kobe first rookie game, you know, and I remember watching every single game. So me being from LA and kind of the only game we could watch not having cable was the Lakers. So my, my, my whole imagination started with Kobe, everything I seen him do from the fadeaways to, I remember I used to always want an Afro when I was a kid and, and push it back. <laughs> you know, like Kobe. So, you know, he, he, he was my, my imagination in, in the in the fadeaways and in the dunks and everything. So it started there because I started emulating everything I seen him do as a kid, you know, and by the time I was 15, 16, I have a personal relationship with him and that that to grow and to personally be taught by him and get a get an understanding from him, how the game should be played, the work ethic, everything that comes with it, it just it is it's like a dream come true, you know. Um and I think that's why you see so much in my game because my foundation, everything was built off him. Speaking of, you know, uh, mannerisms and things that you pick up from other guys, I might be reading this wrong, but when you come back on the court after a timeout, are you kissing both wrists or am I seeing that wrong? Is, is there some yeah, meaning I, behind I kiss, that? Yeah, I kiss my daughter's name. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I was okay. wondering about it. I knew there had to be that's a story crazy. Nobody there. never asked me that. Nobody never asked me that. Yeah. <laughs> really? No one's ever yeah, asked you that? Yeah, I kiss I kiss my mom's name and my daughter's name. Well, it means a lot more now. Yes, it does. Because I thought maybe you were saying, okay, left wrist, you got to help me because right wrist isn't doing the job. No, right no, 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 that's crazy. <laughs> Nobody never asked me that. Yeah, I kiss my mom's name and my kid's name. That's, that's great. That's, awesome. that's cool. That, that's, see, we found something. Give me the hot Give sauce. Me the hot always sauce, digging yeah. something up over here. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. And, and you know what? I, I, you know, we were talking about this the other day when you were out there. You know, Now, he's an 88% season free throws right doesn't doesn't miss free throws you know one two back-to-back games game winning shots you know and so he goes seven and 13 against orlando you know his we we have his kids on you know on the camera they're 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 mimicking his shot you know and then he'd hit it and then when he missed they didn't know how to you know mimic the miss (laughs) they just kind of put their hands down but after the game when everybody left they're tearing up the floor they're tearing up the floor because we had a hockey game and i I was still there chuck swirsky was still there there's probably about you know 10 people there and he came back outside 
to shoot free throws. I think you shot over 200 free throws, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. You know, yeah. and this is a guy, like I said, when people don't see behind the scenes and, you know, the athletes don't care, you know, this is this is a guy who showed leadership. Says, That's hey, leadership, look, you know yeah. what? I missed some free throws. I'm going to come out there and work on them because I missed some in the last couple of games, and I'm going to get better. And I hope every young player in that locker room is watching that that learn something from not only DeMar, but Vooch and Zach, how these guys carry themselves. Cause that's the only way you learn and grow as a player. Am I right? Yeah, most definitely. Most that. And to this day, I still do it with, with young guys. If I see young guys doing something, I, I find motivation in that. Like I, I'm, I'm always like, I'm, I'm the type of guy that no matter what your occupation is, I pay attention, yeah. you know, and I find, I find whatever motivation I can in that, you know, sometimes I don't care if you, if you're the garbage man, like you up early in the morning, that takes discipline to get up yes. early in the morning to do your job. And I appreciate that. You know what I mean? And like, who am I to be sitting on my ass all day while I can't get up to go do whatever it is I need to do? And that's that's just always been my mentality. Hey, Damar, you've got a record that will never be broken. You hit back-to-back game-winning shots in separate years. You did it on New Year's Eve yeah. and New Year's Day. I think that's going to hold up forever, my friend. <laughs> How cool was that? I mean, to not do it this once, but twice. Listen, when the second one happened, I didn't know how to celebrate because I was like, <laughs> I, I still was processing like, yo, this is crazy. I just hit a game winner last night. Like, it's 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 one of those moments of when you a kid. That's like you dream you dream of just hitting the game winning shot. You know. To do it back to back nights, like mm. you, you can't make that up. You know, you just can't make it up. And you know, just for my teammates to share that moment with my teammates, that's that that's the beauty of it, man. You know, that's that's stuff like 20, 30 years from now, you look back on and you know, you enjoy those moments with, with teammates. And that's the cool part about it, just the camaraderie that it brings, the excitement that it brings within your teammates. Um, outside of just making a shot, man. It's awesome. Talk a little bit and tell our listeners ab- about your relationship where you grew up in Compton. We know how proud you are about where you come from and your roots. And, you know, occasionally in the broadcast, you'll hear me say, I don't know if you ever hear me yeah. say it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. hey. Everybody back home, like, like that's their favorite thing. Man. Yeah, because <laughs> you know what? I know because I, before you even came, I, I know all about you. I know that, you know, where you're from and you, you constantly rep where you're from. You want everyone to know where you're from and you're proudly representing, you know, your community. So I just said, hey, look, man, I'm a, I hope you don't get mad, you know, but I'm going to holler that out when you do something special. Yeah, I, I think it's dope, man. I think, you know, I, I hold I hold where I grew up very dear to me because I wouldn't be the man who I am today, you know, and um, I know how much greatness is within the city that I'm from. And I've, I've known, I've seen many people that didn't have the opportunity to make it out, you know, and, and that's why I always rep my, my city so much and try to be that motivational factor of, of where kids could look at and say, you know, he did it. I could do it. I want to do it even better. You know, and I think that's why I hold it so dear to me because it's just, you know, I, I want somebody to be bigger and better than me next. And if I could be that motivational factor, just that belief, like I, I, I do it as much as I can, you know, and and I just I just know how tough it. I know how tough for 19 years it took me to get get out of there how hard it was. So for me, I, I just, I, I, it's dear to me. So I appreciate it when you do do it. 
Okay, good. I didn't want to. I didn't want to upset you, but I thought it was. I I thought you know I need to. You need to rep. I know how much he loves this city, so I'm gonna shout it out when I can. And uh, you know, so I'm glad you like it. So I'm gonna keep doing it. <laughs> Compton's in the house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, sticking in the Los Angeles area, there's been a lot uh, written and said about the possibility that you could have gone to the Lakers during the summer. Was that? Was that as close as what people have talked about, or are people blowing that up? It's more of a story than it was. Oh yeah, it was it was it was pretty close. It was, um, it definitely was pretty close, man. It was one of those things. I I think I looked at it from a lot of angles. You know, um, me just having another opportunity to go home and play, being older, to play. Who wouldn't want to play home? Um, the 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 convenience of being home, kind of just everything about being home. You know, I felt like it was a great opportunity and kind of like, you know, really, really the last time, really one of the last times the opportunity could pre- present itself. So I took it serious and tried to figure out how to get home. But, you know, um, things just didn't work out, didn't pan out how, how, it, how it should have. And, you know, I just made my next best decision. Talk a little bit about the way you go about your game, because in this day and age, and this, this, this is about a three point league. Everybody wants to shoot the three and it's so great and refreshing to see you every single night. You know what your strengths are and you won't play to your strengths. It doesn't matter who's guarding you or what team you're playing. You're going to get to your spots on the floor. And you have now, in my opinion, have shown the, the analysts, all the people on the side, the, the analytics guys, that, hey, you know, maybe shooting all these threes is not conducive to winning as of just getting a guy who shoots a high percentage at the spots that he wants. The mid-range game has been non-existent except for guys like you, KD, Chris Paul and Kawhi Leonard. You guys are the four best, in my opinion, of watching all you play, all you guys play, the best mid-range game shooters and high percentage shooters. So it's so, so refreshing to see you dominate at that level with the mid-range game. You'll take some threes, but you know like where your bread and butter is. And it's it's awesome that you haven't changed your game in that aspect. Yeah, for sure. I, it's one thing. I, damn, I, I never told anybody this either. One, one, one thing, uh, a conversation I remember I had with Cole was he always told me, stay true to yourself and master whatever it is you want to be true to yourself with. And I used to always, when, when Cole used to tell me stuff, I used to scratch my head like, man, what the hell is you talking about? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what the hell is you talking about? You know what I mean? Did he hit and, you? Did he hit you with, you're welcome? Basically, but that, that's how he... That's how he was in conversation. That <laughs> not questioning him about what do you mean? <laughs> like, so I remember him telling me that. I remember I think it was like, you know, the next year they start really pushing that analytic thing and, and three point shooting and everything, and um, that just stuck in my head. That conversation he had, and I was just like, "Yo, you got to stop me from doing what I'm doing now." You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I looked at it like, well. I'm a I'm a keep mastering this the best of my abilities. I'm a I'm a figure it out. I'm a figure it out. I'm not gonna let no, nothing or nobody push me to do something else that I don't feel like I need to do. And I just stuck with it, honestly. You know what I mean? I just I just stuck with it. I stuck with it. I stuck with it to when you know I look look up look at it now. Like you said, you you see guys who dominate it now. I watched KD play last night, and his first few shots was right in the money. It was mid-range shots, you know, and I, I talk to Chris Paul all the time. I work, work out with him and, 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 you know, I always tell a lot of the older guys that, that game that I respect, you know, 
how much I appreciate them because, you know, I find motivation in them as well. Yeah. And that's the beauty of the game. I grew up loving 70s and 80s and 90s basketball. Like my dad, we had the cassette, we had the VHS, all that. And I used to watch where it wasn't no color. And I used to watch how a lot of these guys got buckets doing the easiest moves, getting to their spots over and over and couldn't stop it. One of the favorite players, I've said it before, was Alex English. Yes. That would get to his spot and score. And he was one of the all-time greatest scorers ever. But, you know, he's not mentioned because, what, it wasn't three-point line? Yeah, right. You couldn't stop him. You know what I mean? Wow, that's that's great, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, his game is '90s. If you think about it, I mean, you know, I mean, you look at some of the '90s game. Look at Michael Jordan. You know, Michael Jordan wasn't a three-point shooter. He became an outside shooter as his game evolved. At the end, when he didn't have the same athleticism as he had when he first came in, of course, you got to change your game. Yeah. Kobe the same way. You know, Kobe came in as an 18-year-old, was just super freakish athletic, and as his game evolved, he recognized, like, wait a minute, I got to exert a lot of energy. Now I can go into the post. I can get yeah. that little, you know, 12 to 15 foot turnaround jumper. Did he shoot threes? Yeah. But he stayed true to who he was as far as where he's going to get to his spots. And you couldn't do anything about it. And you see the same thing with DeMar. Yeah, DeMar, I was going to ask you, one of the first uh, guys you mentioned in terms of being interested in the Bulls was Zach Levine. And and Zach had to carry this offense on his shoulders for the last several years. We'd go into the locker room after games. You could see Zach was just exhausted trying to carry a team that – didn't have the components that, that they needed to win. How has your relationship with Zach grown throughout the course of the year, and, and what have you seen in him? I mean, he always talk, tells us in the media that the only thing that matters is winning. I don't care about points. I don't care about any of that stuff. I just want to win. Have, have you seen growth in his game in, in the short time you guys have been together? Sure, for sure. That was one of our first conversations we had was, like, you know, we're we going to win. And I, and I told him I, I dealt with a lot of stuff, you know, he dealt with being the scorer, having to do so much, this, that. Like, I told him, like, I, I, I would, I mean, my first five years, I didn't make the playoffs, and seeing all my peers make the playoffs made me sick. Like, I was, I was sick to my stomach. Like, I, I want to go to the playoffs. And I was telling him, you know, you know, nothing matters and everything comes with winning, you know, and, and you got to be serious about it. And, and I could tell in the look and in the conversation, we had, he was serious about it. That's all he cared about. And obviously playing with the USA team definitely heightens that even more mm-hmm. being around great talent and understanding you're a great talent for a reason. And I think that that played a big reason in my decision on coming too was to, you know, share that with him. You know, um, whether he knew it or not, it was something that, you know, I watch, I paid, I'm a, I'm, I watch more basketball games than anybody, you know, and, and, and to see what he had, what he had been doing over the years and and losing it was it wasn't fair to his talent you know and uh, and I was willing to be a part of that and help that and you know he, he he took it serious from day one you know and every scenario everything we go to, through whether it's on the court off the court you know you see what type of person he is and that's you know that's my man he know I'm riding I'm riding with him right wrong right or wrong. You know, when you when you look at this team and, you know, you knew Zach, how he played, you know, and you, you knew Vooch, how he played, you played with him. Did you play? You guys played together at USC, right? For a year? Yeah, we, yeah, we were freshmen. Yeah. Freshmen. So, so 
Which player of the new guys has surprised you? Like a guy you said, I knew he was good, but I didn't really know he did these types of things. Because my guy, the guy for me, is I know, I've always been a big Zoe fan. Because, I, you know, I, I didn't know he was such a great defensive player like he is. And then Caruso. I, if you would have asked me anything about Alex Caruso, I would have said he's an athlete. He can, he can get up and down the floor. But I didn't know those two guys were so tenacious defensively and they're big. They're, I consider them, you know, when you, I heard you say this, you know, they talk about the big two, you and Zach. And you was like, nah, we got four. You know, we got four. There's a big four. <laughs> you know, you got Vooch and you got Zoe. And then you can also throw Alice Caruso and what he means to the team, too. So give us a little insight about those two guys. It's crazy. Like, you know, obviously with, with Zoe, I've, I've watched Zoe since he was in high school, being, you know, from the L.A. area. So everything about Zoe I knew, watching him through college, coming in league. I was always a friend. But like you said, when it come to Alex Caruso, <laughs> <laughs> that man is a dog in every facet. And he's his knowledge of the game is so on point. I tell him every day, like you're gonna like he's gonna be a head coach or something. Like he's he's gonna be around his lead a lot longer after he finished playing because his knowledge of the game is is on a different level. You know, one of the smartest Smartest guys I played with was Cal Lowry. I got to put Alex Caruso up there too when it comes with the knowledge of the game, man. And everything he do does physically on the court is a, it's incredible. It's been times I looked at the stat sheet and I look up, he got four or five steals, six steals. You know, it's, it's been yep. times on the court, you know, I, like I hear him say, nah, I'm, I'm, about to, I'm about to, I got him. He ain't about to score. And, you know, he, he go do some amazing stuff defensively. And it's like, oh, my God, like, you got it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's amazing. Like, I, I wouldn't – even me being from L.A., like, I wouldn't I wouldn't have known A.C. is how and who he is on the court like he is. It's crazy. We talked about the great team chemistry and these guys bond together off the court as well. We got to let DeMar go because he's heading out yep. to Champaign, Illinois – where Ayo DeSumo is getting his number 11 jersey retired. He had such a great career with the Fighting Illini, and uh, they were a number one seed in the NCAA tournament last year. The young guy has really really turned a lot of heads this year as a second-round draft pick, hasn't he, DeMar? Man, yeah, man. He, he, he's such a tough kid. Like, as soon as he stepped out there on the court, like his whole demeanor, you wouldn't think he, he was a, a rookie. Like, you know, it's just his approach, the way he worked, his, his toughness, like, it speaks nothing but Chicago to me. You know, you could tell he's a Chicago kid. Like, I, mm-hmm. lo- I love – and he's he's so inquisitive with everything. He asks me questions about basketball stuff all day, all day. And it's like, damn, like, you know what I mean? Like, take a break <laughs> for a second. But he, he that's that's him, you know what I mean? And, you know, I think for me, like, just – you know, I know I know how important how important it is to have you know support. I was able to get my jersey retired in college, and you know for me just go there and support them. You know, I, I just I just want to see it. I just want to be in their presence because you know them 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 young guys motivate me just as much as I motivate them. You know, so just being there to support support my teammates. You know, that's that's the cool thing about it. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, we're, we're so happy to have you yeah, on because fantastic. like you, you, I enjoy watching you play. I enjoy the way you carry yourself. I enjoy the way this team is playing because I actually, you know, I see things behind the scenes that everyone else doesn't see, you know? Yeah. And the one thing I do tell people is that they genuinely like each other. And you know, when we had our championship team, you know, 
we all genuinely liked each other. We hung out together. We did things together. We played cards on the plane. And you guys, it, there is a genuine like, which is really refreshing because it hadn't always been like that before you came. You know, there's always like clicks. These guys do certain things, boom, boom. But you guys genuinely really enjoy playing with one another, and it's a joy watching you play. Man, I appreciate it, man. It's a joy. It's a joy, you know, being around y'all as, as well because, like, trust me. Trust me. It's, it's you could tell when the environment is a great environment because everything becomes contagious. You know what I mean? Just crossing paths through through just the whole workplace. You could just feel it. You know what I mean? And that's I, I I truly believe that's what makes a great team when you have that type of environment and everything and, and it shows. Well, Damar, thank you so much for joining us. Safe travels to Champaign tonight. Stay healthy and uh, happy new year to you and your family. And we look forward to watching you have continued success on the court the rest of the way. Hey, I appreciate y'all. Thank you. Compton's finest. <laughs> DeMar DeRozan, our special guest <laughs> on episode 60 of Give Me the Hot Sauce. Thanks again. Wow, that was so much fun talking to DeMar DeRozan. We want to shout out our guy Sean Hickenbottom for yes. helping us uh, facilitate yes. that interview. Sean is a guy behind the scenes that makes it happen. Yeah. You know, he, he's got such a great rapport with all the players. You know, we got Joakim Noah through Sean, and uh, he's a friend of the program. So mm -hmm. special shout out yes. to Sean Hickenbottom, a.k.a. He is the man. Chief Little Legs. And he knows what that means. <laughs> Chief Little Legs. Yeah, that's, that's my nickname to him. Also, a.k.a. Steven. He knows what that is, too. But great guy. He's been working for the Bulls for a while now. And he's, he's a really, he's not just a personal friend. He's family to me. He's like my little brother. And we got some other special guests in the works for, for coming up in future weeks. Not going to drop any names just yet, but uh, make sure that you check out Give Me the Hot Sauce every week because we've got a bunch of A-list guests we're working yes, on coming we do. up. Yeah. You want to talk about the hot sauce? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I know people have been yeah. loving it because they got a bottle for the holidays. Yes. And now they want to reorder because it's so darn good. Well, we try to tell America that this hot sauce was very tasty and delicious, all three flavors, and now right. they're believing us. So Everybody's reordering Special shout-out to everybody who has purchased any number of my hot sauce. Thank you. You guys are, are, you know, you're very much appreciated, and you're really helping our brand grow, and we send a special shout-out. So as, as I read my little commercial right now. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like an appropriate time to read. It's like doing a game. They're, they're sliding yeah, the read they're across, sliding the reads across the table. Here we go, Stacey. Make sure you sell it. Okay, here we go, Mark. All right. If you like hot sauce and barbecue sauce, then you are listening to the right show. Give Me the Hot Sauce has the best small batch organic sauces to spice up your kitchen. Chicago-style red sauce with garlic twist. Our St. Pat's Verde Green Sauce with mm, extra avocado or cilantro, which is my personal favorite in America. And our King's Q, a bold, spicy, and sweet sauce, <laughs> just like me. And she'll like it, too. And she'll like it, too. <laughs> Use code HOTSAUCE21 to get 21% off your first order. That's HOTSAUCE21 for 21% off. Order today. And enjoy the holidays. Absolutely. You can't resist that kind of pitch. That's some fantastic uh, yes. stuff. Well, we've been, ta we've been talking. <laughs> Pavel, Pavel, DJ Pavel. Pavel over there. He's getting you know, more comfortable yeah, with yeah, the board. Real comfortable. Real comfortable. <laughs> you act like this was a 1-800 number. Oh, my goodness. A <laughs> couple NBA things we have not gotten to. One, the return of Kyrie Irving. There was some talk that, you know, it might disrupt the team. But Kevin Durant's like, 
this guy's an artist out on the court. He is a fantastic player. Now, only playing the road games, we'll see how that works long term, but his talent is undeniable. No, his talent is undeniable, but it still puts Brooklyn in a tough situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though he's playing the road games, you know, when the playoffs start, and I, we were talking, I was talking about this on Zach Lowe's show. It's like, you you know, you're only going to have him half the time. Mm-hmm. And if you're if you got you know if you're on the road and you're in a situation where you find yourself down two games, and then you've got to go back to Brooklyn without him. You know, there's a chance you may not come out of that series if you're playing in Milwaukee, you're playing the Bulls, or you're playing, you know, a very good team. You know, if you got a 2-0 lead with him and you're able to get those two first wins on the road, great. But it's too big of a gamble, you know. I mean, you just kind of wish that, you know, he'd find some way to say, hey, look, you know what? I'm going to go get this shot because I want to be there for my teammates. We got a chance to win a championship, come out of the Eastern Conference and win an NBA championship. And these opportunities, as he knows, is not guaranteed. You're not guaranteed to win anything. You're not guaranteed to get back here you know, next year. This might be your only chance. So, you know, hopefully they work it out where he's able to, you know, get in and get himself uh, vaccinated. He can play the rest of the season with his teammates. I know you and I are both big fans of John Morant, who is rapidly John! emerging as, as one of the top players in the league. He went into Brooklyn, and he was a human wrecking oh. ball. That dunk he had oh. over our old buddy James Johnson. Get oh. out the way, right? Oh, man, get up or get out the way. <laughs> I'll tell you what, he, he's playing at a different level. You know, coming back from that knee injury, you know, uh, yeah, remember Memphis was winning some games without him. Yeah. And people were like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe they don't need him. And don't yeah, think that that player was not sitting there. He wasn't sitting at home going, oh. Yeah. So you you really think you don't need me, huh? Well, wait till I come back. And then he's exploded. He's yeah. much more aggressive offensively than he was his first few years because he was also a pass first, pass second point guard. But now he's on the attack mode, and he's attacking everybody. They won in Los Angeles. Um, you know, and he's much more animated now. Yeah. He's, he's kind of talking a little trash here and there, you know. I watched the Cleveland game the other night, and, uh, you know, the little point guard, Darius Garland, who's done yeah. a great job in Cleveland – it was so much fun watching those two guys go against each other because Darius Garner had a good game too. Um, but at the end, Ja hits the last ja hits two the shots. Last he few pushed him out of yes. the way. Yeah, got to get off me. Yeah. You're not on my level. And pushed him out the way and then laid the ball up. Yeah. He hit some tough shots in that game. And you can just see superstardom written all over him. Even in the beginning of his career, you saw it. But I think people just looked at him as more just like, you know, uh, an exciting dunking type player. But now he's worked on a three point shot. He's worked on, you know, being able to get in mid-range game, post up a little bit. So his game has evolved. Yeah, it's it's been fun watching him play. And that Memphis team now, top four in the West, and with a lot of Western teams struggling, you know, Denver's had a lot of injuries and COVID problems. Uh, Portland has dropped way back. The Lakers are struggling. Memphis could have home court advantage in the first round. Well, I mean, they've been coming along. It's been a steady growth for Memphis, you know. So they got a, they got a shot last year in the playoffs. So it, they've got a taste of it. So they understand – you know, what it takes to get to that level. And then when you have your young stars, Jaron Jackson, and then you got your guy, Bain, Desmond Bain. Bain. Yeah. (laughs) You've only adopted the dog. I was born in it. (laughs) So, so, you know, so they've got some really good young talent and this is a team now, you know, you throw Dylan Brooks out there who brings toughness. They got a team now that actually believes that they can go deep into the playoffs. And that's a scary, scary sight for a young team like that who fears nothing at all. 
you know, and they, they feel like they belong. I still don't think they have enough to, to beat Golden State. I don't think they have enough to beat Phoenix, but it'll be an interesting series. Yeah, before we get out of here, we're going to talk a little football. Woo. I don't know if you saw this. We were taping on Thursday afternoon, and, and as I was getting ready to head out of the house, I saw – Poor Justin Fields. He's in the health and safety protocols, which means his season is over. They were hoping he could get one last game indoors at Minneapolis where he could show the things that he can do. And now now he goes into the offseason with a whole bunch of questions and probably a, a new coaching staff to get used to for next season. Well, I mean, you don't want to see anybody go into health protocol, but it probably saved him. You know, seriously, it probably saved him from any kind of injury in that last game. He's, he's been taking a beating, you know, as a starter. And, you know, it's just one of those things, you know, Mark, that, you know, you got to go into the offseason evaluating, you know, what's important. You know, I mean, it starts there. Are you going to bring the coach back? Are you going to bring the general manager back? Um, people are trying to call me, Mark. <laughs> You're a popular I'm guy. A popular guy. Yeah, we got to <laughs> block those people. So, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things. Like, you know, what, what, what's gonna, what is this team going to look like in the front office next yeah. year? Are you going to go out and spend money and get some offensive line? Yeah, offensive line's got to get better. You know, you, you just got to. You, yeah. you got to. And, and if their line comes back and they don't improve, I mean, you're not going to get any better. You got to be able to run the ball. You got to be able to protect this kid. He's got to be able to run. They got the Bears got to be able to run the ball on first or second down and not always just slinging it around. Mm-hmm. But Robert Quinn knocking uh, the Colonel Richard Dent out of the record books for uh, sacks in a season. He's had quite a year for them. You know what? He's been one of the bright spots. Yeah. I mean, their defense, give them credit. Their defense has done as about as best as you could do. They kept him in a lot of games this year. It's been the one bright spot other than Fields when he's gotten the opportunity right. to play. Their defense has been the one constant of this team. And, you know, so when you go into the offseason now, you know, you say, where do we get better defensively? Like, you know, without having to, you know, disrupt what we already have, you know, who we can bring it back, yeah. you know, um, the linebacker crew, you know, I, I like Roquan. You know, he's been on my fantasy defensive team for a couple of years now. I've won a lot of championships. Yeah, he's outstanding. Guy. I mean, the guy is a tackling machine, you know, so you know you're, you're set there. Um, but the big, the biggest concern is offense because you got to get an offensive team to keep your defense off the field. Right. If this defense is on the field, like they, as soon as they come off, they're running right back out there. You know what do you expect? They're not going to be able to stop good teams every single time they come on the field. But if you give them some rest and they're able to come out fresh, it's a different story. And design an offensive system like the Baltimore Ravens did around Lamar Jackson. I mean, you got a guy like Justin Fields who runs a four four forty. He's a real weapon as a runner. Get some rollout, some bootlegs, and, and do some things that take advantage of his unique talent. Mark, I never thought they had a package for him. No, they didn't. I never thought they were even prepared to put him out there. They should have, from the very get-go, once they drafted him, they should have been designing plays for just for him. Because when Andy Dalton went down, he was running Andy Dalton plays. Almost got killed. And almost got killed running yeah. Andy Dalton plays. And they never really adjusted to this kid's talent. So that's whoever comes in here, whether you get a whole new front office and new coaching staff, you're going to have to look at this kid and you're going to say, hey, look, we've got to put this kid in the best situation possible for him to utilize his skill set. You know, this step, you know, step back, drop back, passing, three, five step drop, that might work a little bit, but that's not, 
his style of play. You got to get him outside the pocket, especially when you don't have a good offensive line and the pressure is coming up the middle and they're they're blitzing all the time, basically sending everybody after him. You got to get him on the move. He's got to be able to throw on the run, which he's proven he's very accurate throwing the ball on the run. You look at Aaron Rodgers. You know, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have the best offensive line, but what makes Green Bay so good is their skill players are there. They got a good running back, good receivers, Mm -hmm. and Aaron Rodgers is one of the best at improvising a play. You know, he moves around in that pocket. He keeps the play alive. He allows his players to get open with his movement, and I could see Fields being that type of guy. I know you were watching the uh, Antonio Brown situation oh, with interest. It kind of looked like Dennis Rodman throwing oh. his jersey into the crowd and, uh, and Man, walking I was, off. I, hey, Mark, I was just hoping you didn't get naked. Just run out there in a jock. <laughs> you know, the funny thing, you know, <laughs> the funny thing, the other night when we were playing Orlando, I don't know if you saw this, but Benny the Bull. Oh, I was, didn't see that. Okay, yeah, so yeah. I've never in my life seen <laughs> Benny the Bull without his Chicago Bulls uniform yeah. on unless he's got something for a holiday you know Santa yeah, suit yeah. or whatever but I've never seen him like naked <laughs> and it, it was a little disturbing so I'm, I'm not really paying attention and so all of a sudden I see Benny run out and just nothing on yeah. and then one his little handler had his jersey so the the whole premise was the bulls are streaking and so, so is Benny yeah and I had to admit, man, I I was caught off guard. It was a little disturbing (laughs) seeing Benny the Bull run around with no clothes. I mean, he was dancing. He was putting his butt up against the officials. He's just running around streaking. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, that was the weirdest thing I'd ever seen. But it was funny. But it kind of caught me off guard. I, I was, I was like, "Oh my God, man! Put your clothes back on, Benny. There's, a, there's children here." But you know, it, it was a funny little little thing that he did. It was pretty cute. Well, Bruce Arians said immediately after the game that uh, Antonio Brown is no longer a buck. But they didn't cut him until today, Thursday. They put him on waivers. Uh, Brown said that it was just a cover up because he was hurt. He's got bone spurs in his ankle. He's got uh, tendon damage. He needs surgery. Uh, there could be a lawsuit in the offing. I don't know what's going to be the result of this, but do you think he's he's finished as an NFL player? Mark, I mean, honestly, you, you got to figure he's done. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's, you know, he had problems in Pittsburgh. He had problems in Oakland. You know, now it's Las Vegas. And now, you know, he, you know, he had problems. Where was the last place he was? It was in New England. Mm-hmm. You know, one some, game. One game. He yeah. was gone. And then now in Tampa Bay. Yeah. You know, this, this, and I like AB. I, I just, I'm not a doctor, so I don't really know. I'm not well versed on CTE, you know, but I think, I've honestly said this about him. He is never the same after that hit from the Cincinnati linebacker, Perfect. Yeah. Vontaze Perfect. Yeah. He was never the same. The way he came back from that injury, I mean, that was a devastating hit, you know, and he was out for a while with a concussion. I just don't think he was ever fully the same after that because his behavior has just escalated everywhere he's been. It's gotten worse. I mean, to see him, it's one thing to be mad and say, okay, look, I'm just not going in. I'm just going to sit on the bench. I'm not going in. I'm going to stay in my uniform. But to see him get so irate and teammates, Michael Evans trying to stop him, you know, everybody's trying to stop him. And what Tom Brady had did for you to get you even in the league, because without Tom Brady, you may not even see Antonio Bryant even in the league. You know, Tom Brady, you know, really, you know, put an olive branch out there with Tampa Bay said, we got to have this guy. This guy is important to us. Yeah, it's only a good team with strong veteran leadership that can take in a guy like that. That's what yeah. the Bulls did with Rodman because yeah. they knew that, that MJ could make sure he didn't go but off But Mark, the I don't end. even think that's the only work anymore because yeah. if you can't get along with Tom Brady, Tom Brady let you live in his house. Yeah. You know, he took you in and let you live in his house. He got Bruce Arians, convinced Bruce Arians in the front office to give you a shot. So 
I don't even think that personality, those guys, I think it's the fact that he's so far gone and in, in, in what he believes is because it's always someone else's fault. Like I said, you could be mad, Mark. Don't quit on your team. You could be mad and say, Coach, I'm not going in. My ankle hurts. I can't play. Now, if y'all, you get mad at that, you get sit on the bench. Don't say anything. Don't pout. Don't just sit on the bench. But to take your clothes off, yeah, run crazy. around waving at the crowd, jumping around, drawing more attention to yourself, that was an attention-seeking situation that he was doing. Because who in their right mind, Mark? I mean, we've all, as professional athletes, we've all – not like something a coach has said to us. You know, we've all gotten to arguments with an assistant coach on the bench, but we all have self-restraint. Like, yeah, I'm mad at you. I'm going to sit over here. I'm going to be brewing and stewing. I'm mad at you, but I'm not going to do anything that's going to embarrass myself. I'm not going to do anything that's going to embarrass my family, and I'm not going to do anything that's going to embarrass the organization that pays me. So what he did was an embarrassment, first of all, to himself as an athlete. It was an embarrassment to his family. Regardless of what he thought or perceived the situation was, he handled it the wrong way. He quit on his team, basically walked off the field and drew more attention to himself by jumping up and down, throwing things in the stands, waving at the crowd. He knew exactly what he was doing when he did it. I don't think he was too embarrassed because the very next night he stayed in the New York area. He was sitting front row at the Nets game at Barclays. Well, I mean, that's a guy obviously who doesn't care, no, you know, and no. then you, you also look at this, you know, what did he, what, what did he do to his legacy? You know, does he, now is he a hall of famer? You know, those kind of things. Maybe he doesn't care about that. Maybe he doesn't care if he's a Hall of Fame wide receiver because the numbers that he puts has been putting up, you know, over the last, you know, seven, eight years, you know, says he's a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. But his actions and the way he's been off the field and the way he's done in organizations and then seeing what he just did, man, that might have hurt his chance to get that uh, gold jacket. Last thing before we get out of here, the national championship game coming up on Monday. It's uh, an SEC rematch. Alabama, Georgia, who you got? Roll Tide. Yeah. Roll Tide. I, I just think that they just got too much firepower, and I think they are, they're in Georgia's head. You know, right. because the way the Georgia lost to Alabama oh, in that ugly. first game, and everybody said, oh, that great you know, defense. the great defense, yeah. <laughs> they're going to shut Alabama down, blah, blah, blah. And then they got shredded. Mm-hmm. That That's only got to sit in your mind. It's like you, it's like you, you know, you, were, you fought somebody, and they beat the living crap out of you. And then you got to fight that guy Same again, again. Yeah. Yeah. you know, six months later. And you're like, do I really have a chance to win? I remember what he did to me last time. So there's got to be some self-doubt. I think the key for Georgia is to get out there when they have the ball, move the ball, don't let Alabama's defense dictate. Get out there and score easily. Your first couple possessions, be productive. Get your defense confidence. Get yourself some confidence. And then maybe they can overcome that. But if they get out there and get stymied on their first two possessions, Alabama scores, then you can just see the doubt like we can't beat them. I'll be curious to see what the ratings are going to be like because I know there's a large segment of the country that's tired of the SEC. I know you're – your Sooners are going to the SEC, but it's almost yeah. like people are, are, are tired of it. You know, Nick Saban's won so many championships, and they're like, give me somebody else. Well, you know, I mean, listen, Mark, I mean, I, that's with anybody. You know, yeah. everybody yeah. gets tired yeah. of seeing teams win. But at the same time, there's a marketplace for that because people want to see greatness. good teams yeah. play and greatness. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Whether you're talking good about the team or bad about the team. So they're going to be tuning in. And then also, Mark, I mean, you know, we're dealing with a pandemic. We're dealing with things, man, where, you know, you know, you can't take life for granted. And you got an opportunity to for a couple of hours 
to, to kind of separate yourself from what's going on in the real mm-hmm. world and watch a sporting event, which we all want to see. I mean, that that's... And I think that's, it's on eight different channels, too. Yeah. Every ESPN yeah. platform yeah. that existed, yeah. they got a different format to, yeah. to watch so, the national so, title game. So, I mean, I know I'm going to be watching. I mean, it's still... My team's not playing, yeah. you know, but, um, you know, I'm going to be watching because that's a it's a big, big thing. And well, check your schedule because there's some makeup games that you're going to be working on. You know, Mark, there you go again. Once again, <laughs> once again, America, he rains on my parade. I'm, I'm all excited. Get that makeup against the Pistons you know what? next week. Because you know what? We always, we always have a game, a national championship yeah. game. I'm, I think you're good, though. I think I you're think good next week. I think we are, too. Yeah. But we do got some makeup Tuesday, games. Wednesday, you play next week. You know, week. we got Washington tomorrow, which is going to be a, a tough game. That was a, you know, they, yeah. they play this tough. Um, Bradley Bill. And then we got Dallas, who just you know, had a big win against Golden State last night. And then you turn around next week. That's Pistons, a huge week. Then, you got uh, Pistons. Brooklyn. You got Brooklyn on Wednesday night. And you yeah. got Golden State coming to town on Friday. So these are some good tests for the Bulls coming up in these next two weeks. Hey, we want to thank DeMar DeRozan for jumping on. He was a fantastic guest. DeMar a fantastic interview. And as we mentioned, we got some other special things planned for the weeks ahead. We want to thank DJ Pavel. Did a great job running Pavel. the board. <laughs> Hit, we, the we guns, Pavel. Hit the guns, Pavel. Hit the guns. Get the guns? Guns, yeah. yeah. Sure. Sure. For you all. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I've been shocked. <laughs> and you want to shout out Windy City Limo. They always take good oh, care yes. of it. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, this is a special shout out to Windy City. Yeah. They always take care. Matter of fact, they got me here safely today. Yeah. You know, they get me wherever I need to go. So, Windy City Limo provides championship service. Making a reservation is so easy, it's a slam dunk. Even whispers could do it. Let Windy City break the full court pressure of traffic and get you to your destination in style and on time. Contact Windy City at 866-94-WINDY. That is 866-94-WINDY. And I know you all missed whispers. He'll be back next whispers. week unless unless he whispers. sold the business and shuts yeah. down the whole yeah, place. Yeah, it shuts you know? down the whole Sriracha Studios. And Pop was like, what about my paycheck? Yeah, Pop was like, hey, I never heard that. You guys, is that true? DJ Pavel we'll be back with a new show coming up next week Uh, thank you so much for listening and watching on YouTube give me the hot sauce episode 60's in the books Pavel take us home drive home safely Chicago (laughs) beep beep preseason but I'm high field